from the famous story adventures in Wonderland. Down the Rabbit Hole, Chapter 1. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank, and of having nothing to do. Once or twice she had peeked into the book her sister was reading, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. And what is the use of a book, thought Alice, without pictures or conversations? So she was considering in her own mind, as well as she could, for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid, whether the pleasure of making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. There was nothing so very remarkable in that. Nor did Alice think it was very much out of the way to hear the rabbit say to itself, Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be late. When she thought it over afterwards, it occurred to her that she ought to have wondered at this. But at the time, it all seemed quite natural when the rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket and looked at it and then hurried on Alice started to her feet for it flashed across a mine that she had never been before seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket or a watch to take out of it and burning with curiosity she ran after the field after it, and fortunately was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. In another moment, down went Alice after it, never once considering how in the world she was going to get out again. The rabbit hole went straight on, like a tunnel for some way, and then dipped suddenly down so suddenly 
that Alice had not a moment to think about stopping herself before she found herself falling down a very deep well. Either the well was very deep, or she fell very slowly, for she plenty of time as she went down to look about her, to wonder what was going to happen next. First, she tried to look down and make out what she was coming to, but it was too dark to see anything. Then, she looked at the sides of the well and noticed that they were filled with cupboards and bookshelves. Here and there, she saw maps and pictures hung upon pegs. She took down a jar from one of the shelves as she passed. It was labeled Orange Marmalade, but to her great disappointment, it was empty. She did not look like to drop the jar from fear of killing somebody, so managed to put it into the cupboards as she fell past it. Well, thought Alice to herself, after such a fall as this, I shall think nothing of tumbling downstairs. How brave they'll all think of me at home. Why I wouldn't say anything about it, even if I fell off the top of the house, which was very likely true. Down, down, down. Would the fall never come to an end? I wonder how many miles I've fallen by this time, she said aloud. I must be getting somewhere near the center of the earth. Let me see. What would be 4,000 miles down, I think? For you see, Alice had learnt several things of this sort in her lessons in the schoolroom and thought that this was not a very good opportunity for showing off her knowledge, as three was no one listened to her. Still, it was good practice to say it over, yes, that's about the right distance. But then I wonder what latitude or longitude I've got to go. Alice had no idea what latitude was or longitude either, but thought that they were nice grand words to say. Presently, she began again. I wonder if I shall fall right through the earth. How funny it'll seem to come out among the people. That walk with her head downwards. The Antipathies, I think. She was rather glad there was no one listening this time, as it didn't sound at all like the right word. But I shall have to ask them what the name of the country is, you know. Please, ma'am, is the New Zealand or Australia? And she tried to courtesy as she spoke, fancy courtesying as you're feeling through the air. Do you think you could manage it and what an ignorant little girl she'll thank me for asking no I'll never do to ask perhaps I shall see it written up somewhere down 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 there was nothing else to do so Alice soon began talking again didn't hell miss me very much tonight I should think Diana was the cat I hope they'll remember her saucer of milk at tea time. Diana, my dear, I wish you were down here with me. There are no mice in the air. I'm afraid, but you might catch a bat. 
And that's very like a mouse, you know. But do cats eat bats, I wonder. And here Alice began to get rather sleepy. And went on saying to herself in a dreamy sort of way, Do cats eat bats? Do cats eat bats? And sometimes, do bats eat cats? For you see, as she couldn't answer either question, it didn't much matter which way she put it. She felt that she was dozing off and had just begun to dream that she was walking hand in hand with Diana and saying to her very earnestly now, Diana, tell me the truth. Did you ever eat a bat? When suddenly, thump, 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 down she came upon a heap of sticks and dry leaves and the fall was over. Alice was not a bit hurt, and she jumped up onto her feet. In a moment, she looked up, but it was still dark and overhead, and before her was another long passage, and the white rabbit was still in sight, hurrying down it. There was not a moment to be lost. Away went Alice, like the wind, it was just in time for her to say it, as it turned a corner. Oh, my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting. She was close behind it when she turned the corner, but the rabbit was no longer to be seen. She found herself in a long, long hall, which was lit up by a row of lamps hanging from the roof. There were doors all around the hall, but they were all locked when Alice had been all the way down one side and up the other, trying every door, she walked sadly down the middle, wondering how she was ever get out. Suddenly, she came upon a little three-ledged table, all made of solid glass. There was nothing on it except the tiny golden key. And Alice first thought was that might belong to one of the doors of the hall. But alas, either the locks were too large or the key was too small. But at any rate, it would not open any of them. However, on the second time around, she came upon a law curtain she had noticed before, and behind it was a little door. Fifteen inches high. She tried the little golden key in the lock, and to her great delight, it, it fitted. Alice opened the door and found that it led into a small passage, not much larger than a rabbit hole. She knelt down and looked along the passage into the loveliest garden you ever saw. How she longed to get out of the dark hall and wandered about amongst the beds bright flowers and those cool fountains but she could not even get her head through the doorway and even if my head would go through poor Alice it would be of little use without my shoulders oh how I wish I could shut up like a telescope I think I could if I only knew how to begin for you see so many of out-of-way things had happened lately. 
that Alice had began to think that there were very things indeed were really impossible. There seemed to be no use in waiting by the little door, so she went back to the table, half hopping, half hoping she might find another key on it, or at any rate a book of rules for shutting people up like a telescope. This time she found a little bottle on it, which certainly was not there before, said Alice. Around the neck of the bottle was a paper label with the words, Drink Me, beautifully printed on a large bottle. It was all very well to say, Drink Me. But the wise little Alice was not going to do that in a hurry. No, I'll look first, she said, and see whether it's marked poison or not. For she had read several nice little histories about children who had gotten burnt and eaten up by wild beasts and other unpleasant things, all because they would not remember the simple rules their friends had taught them, such as that a red-hot poker will burn you if you hold it up too long, and that if you cut your finger very deeply with a knife, it usually bleeds she had never forgotten that. If you drink much from a bottle marked poison, it's almost certain to disagree with you sooner or later. However, this bottle was not marked poison. To Alice ventured to taste it, and finding it very nice. It had, in fact, a sort of mixed flavor of cherry, tart, custard, pineapple, roasted turkey, coffee, and hot buttered toast. She would very soon finish it off. With a curious feeling, said Alice, I must be shutting up like a telescope. And so it was indeed. She was now only ten inches high, and her face brightened up at thought that she was now the right size for going through the little door into the lovely garden. First, however, she waited for a few minutes to see if she was going to shrink any further. She felt a little nervous about this. For it might end, you know, said Alice to herself. In my going out altogether like a candle, I wondered what I should be like then. And she tried to fancy what the flame of the candle is like after the other candles is blown out. For she could not remember ever hearing seeing such a thing. After a while, finding the northern moor happened, she decided on going into the garden at once. But alas, for poor Alice, when she got to the door, she found that she had forgotten the little golden key, and when she went back to the table for it, she found that she could not possibly reach it. She could see it quite plentifully through the glass, and she tried her best to climb up one of the legs of the table, but it was too slippery. And when she tried herself out with trying, the poor little thing sat down and cried. Come. There's no use I'm crying like that, said Alice to herself, rather sharply. I advise you to leave off the minute. She generally gave herself very good advice, though she very suddenly followed it. Sometimes she scolded herself so servilely as it bring tears to her eyes, and once she remembered trying to box up her own ears 
having cheated herself in a game of croquet she was playing against herself for the curious child was very fond of pretending to be two people but it's no use now though poor Alice to pretend to be two people why there's hardly enough of me left to make once responsible person soon her eye fell on the little glass box that was lying under the table she opened it and found it very small cake on which the words eat me were beautifully marked in curtains well I'll eat it said Alice and if it marks me grow larger I can reach the key and if it makes me grow smaller I creep under the door so either way I'll get into the garden and I don't care which happens she ate a little bit and had anxiously to herself which way which way holding her hand on top of her head to feel which way is growing she was quite surprised to find that she reminded the same size to be sure this generally happens when one eats cake but Alice had got so much into the way of expecting nothing but out of the way of things to happen that it seemed quite dull and stupid for life to go on in a common way so she set to work and very soon finished off the cake chapter 2 the pool of tears curiouser curiouser cried Alice she was so much surprised that for the moment she quite forgot how to speak good English now I'm opening out like the largest telescope that ever was goodbye feet for when she looked down at her feet they seemed to be almost out of sight they were getting so far off oh my poor little feet I wonder who will put on your shoes and stockings from now dears I'm sure I shouldn't be able I shall be a great deal too far off to trouble myself about you you must manage the best way you can but I must be kind to them thought Alice or perhaps they won't walk the way I want to go let me see I'll give them a new pair of boots every Christmas and she went on planning to herself how she would manage to it they must go by the carrier she thought and how funny it'll seem sending presents to one's own feet now how odd the directions will look Alice's right foot her throat near the fender with Alice's love oh dear what nonsense am I talking just then her head stuck against the roof of the hall in fact she was now more than nine feet high and she at once took up the little golden key and hurried off to the garden door poor Alice it was as much as she could do lying down on one side to look through into the garden with one eye but to get through was more hopeless than ever she sat down and began to cry again you ought to be ashamed of yourself said Alice a great girl like you she might well say this to go on crying in this way stop this moment I tell you 
but she went all the same, shedding gallons of tears until there was a large pool around her, about four inches deep, reaching half down the hall. After a time, she heard a little pantering of feet in the distance, and she hastily dried her eyes to see what was coming. It was the white rabbit, returning, splendidly dressed with a pair of white kid gloves in one hand and a large fan in the other. He came trotting along in a great hurry, muttering to himself as he came, Oh, the Duchess, oh, the Duchess, oh, won't she be savage if I've kept her waiting? Alice felt so desperate that she was ready to ask help for anyone. So when the rabbit came near her, she began in a low, timid voice. If you please, sir, the rabbit started violently dropping the white kid gloves, the fan, and scurried away into the darkness as hard as he could go. Alice took up the fan and the gloves, and as the hall was very hot, she kept fanning herself. All the time, she went on talking. Dear, dear, how queer everything is today. And yesterday things went on just as usual. I wonder if I've been changed in the night. Let me think. Was I the same when I got up this morning? I almost think I can remember feeling a little different. But if I'm not the same, the next question is, who in the world am I? And that's the great puzzle. And she began thinking over all the children she knew that were of the same age as herself to see she could have the change for any of them. I'm sure not Ada, she said, for her hair goes in such long, long wrinkles, and mine doesn't go in wrinkles at all. And I'm sure I can't be Mabel, for I know all sorts of things. And she, oh, she knows very little. Besides, she's she, and I'm I. And oh dear, how puzzling it is. I'll try if I know all the things I used to know. Let me see. Four times five is twelve. Four times six is thirteen. And four times seven is... Oh dear. I shall never get to twenty at the rate. However, the multiplication table doesn't signify. Let's try geography. London is the capital of Paris. And Paris is the capital of Rome. And Rome, no. That's all wrong. I'm certain. I must have been changed for Mabel. I'll try. And I'll say, how does the little? She crossed her hands on her lap, as if she was saying lessons, and began to repeat it. But her voice sounded hoarse and strange, and the words did not come the same as they used to. How doth the little cradle improve his shining tail, and pour the water of the Nile on every golden scale. How cheerfully he seems to grin, how neatly spread his claws, and welcome little fishes in with gently smiling jaws. I am sure those are not right words, said poor Alice, and her eyes filled with tears again as she went on. I must be Mabel after all, and I shall have to go and live in the pokey little house and have next to no toys to play with and oh every so many lessons learn no 
I made up my mind about it. And I'm Mabel. I'll stay down here. It'll be no use. They're putting their heads down and saying, Come up again, dear. I shall only look up and say, Who am I then? Tell me that first, and then, if, if I like being that person, I'll come up. If not, I'll stay down here. Be somebody else. But oh dear, cried Alice, with a sudden burst of tears. I do wish they would put their head down. I am so very tired of being all alone here. As she said this, she looked down at her hands and was surprised to see that she had put on the rabbit's little white clad gloves while she was talking. How could I have done that? She thought, I must be growing small again. She got up and went to the table, measured herself by it, and found that I was nearly as she could guess. She was now about two feet high and was going on shrinking rapidly. She soon found out that the cause of this was the fan she was holding. She dropped it hastily, just in time to avoid shrinking away altogether. That was a narrow escape, said Alice, a good deal frightened, sudden change, but very glad to find herself still in existence. And now for the garden. She ran with all speed back to the little door, but Alice, the little door was shut again, and the little golden key was lying on the glass table as before. And things were worse than ever, thought the poor child, for I never was so small at this, never. They declared it's too bad that it is. As she said these words, for her foot slipped, in another moment, splash, she was up on her chin in salt water. Her first idea was that she had somehow fallen into the sea, and in that case, I can go back by the railway, she said to herself. Alice had been to the seaside once in her life, and had come to the general conclusion that whatever you go to England coast, you find a number of bathing machines in the sea, some children digging in the sand with wooden spoons, when a row of lodged houses behind them in railway stations. However, she soon made out that she was in the pool of tears she had wept when she was nine feet high. I wish I hadn't cried so much, said Alice, as she swam about trying to find her way out. I shall be punished for it. Now I'm supposed to be drowning in my own tears. That way will be a queer thing, to be sure. However, everything is queer today. Just then, she heard something splashing about in the pool a little way off, and she swam nearer to make it out, and it was the first day she thought it must be walrus or hippopotamus, but then she remembered how small she was, and she made out that it was only a mouse, and it had slipped in like herself. Wouldn't it be of any use now, through Alice, to speak to this mouse? Everything is so out of the way down here that I should think very little likely it can talk. At any rate, there's no harm in trying. So she began a mouse to, you know, the way of this pool. I'm very tired of swimming about here, oh mouse. 
Alice thought this must be the right way of speaking to the mouse. She had never done such a thing before, but she remembered having seen in her brother's Latin grammar, a mouse of a mouse, to a mouse, a mouse, a mouse. The mouse looked at her rather inconceivably, and seemed to her to wink with one of its little eyes, but it said nothing. Perhaps it doesn't understand English, thought Alice. I dare say it's a French mouse. Come over with William the Conqueror. For with her knowledge of history, Alice had no clear notion how long ago anything happened. So she began again. Oh, es ma chatie. Which was the first sentence in her French lesson book. The mouse gave a sudden leap out of the water and seemed to quiver all over the fright. Oh, I beg your pardon, cried Alice, hastily afraid that she had hurt the poor animal's feelings. I for quite forgot you didn't like cats. Not like cats, cried the mouse in a shrill, passionate voice. Would you like cats if you were me? Well, perhaps not, said Alice in a soothing tone. I don't be angry about it, and yet I wish I could show you our cat, Diana. I think you'd take a fancy to cats if you could only see her. She is such a dear, quiet thing, Alice went on, half to herself as she swam lazily about in the pool. And she sits pouring so nicely by the fire, licking her paw and washing her face. And she is such a nice, soft thing, said the nurse. And she's such a capital one for catching mice. Oh, I beg your pardon, cried Alice. For this time the mouse was bristling all over, and she felt certain it must be really offended. We won't talk about her any more, if you'd rather not. We indeed, cried the mouse, who was trembling down to the end of the tail, as if I would talk to such a subject. Our family always hated cats. Nasty, low, vulgar things. Don't let me hear them again. I wouldn't indeed, said Alice, in a great hurry to change the subject of conversation. Are you, are you fond of dogs? The mouse did not answer. So Alice went on eagerly. There is such a nice little dog near our house. I should have let to show you a little bright-eyed terrier, you know, with oh, such long, curly, brown hair. And it'll fetch things when you throw them, and it'll sit up and beg for its dinner, and all sorts of things. I can't remember half of them, but it belongs to a farmer, you know. And he says it's so useful, it's worth a hundred pounds. He said it kills all the rats, and, oh dear, cried Alice in a sorrow tone, I'm afraid I've offended you again. For the mouse swimming away from her as hard as he could, making quite a commotion in the pool of it went. So she called soothingly after it, Mouse, dear, do come back again, and we won't talk about cats or dogs either. If you don't like them, when the mouse heard this, turned down and swam slowly back to her, its face quite pale with passion, although Alice thought. It said in a low, trembling voice, let us get to the shore, and then I'll tell you my history, and you'll understand why it is I hate cats and dogs. It was high time to go, for the pool was getting quite crowded with birds and animals that had fallen into it. 
there was a duck and a dodo and a lorry and an eaglet and several other creatures. Alice led the way and the whole party swam to shore.